0: You can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently going through the book of Luke in a series titled The Uncommon Gospel. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us.
1: Here's Pastor Mike. Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 18. Who do men say that I am? That's what we're talking about today. And if you, it takes time to get to know somebody, you feel like you know them, but then sometimes they change and you're like, what just happened? You know, it's like, it's it's hard to get a mind around. I experienced that, you know, when I was a kid, growing up with my stepdad, you know, he wasn't a believer. So he would do things like bring pot home. And, you know, I, I remember as a teenager smoking pot with him drinking beer, you know, things like that. And that was kind of where he was at, you know, those were the good times. And then there the were other times weren't so good, you know, I'm like, just not a, not a good childhood in that, in that respect. But then I got saved. And when I got saved, I was like, I don't want to do those things anymore, which he didn't like that change. He was an atheist and it was just kind of like, you know, put me off to the side. Well, then in, I think it was 2008, you know, we kind of rekindled a relationship and through his daughter, my sister, he asked if he could come out and see me, and I, I just knew—I don't know—I guess by the Holy Spirit, I just knew that if he came to church, that it would it would be meaningful. And so I just said, "Hey, invite him to church." And she's like, "My dad?" It's like, "Yeah, he'll he'll come." I just knew he'd come. I said, "He'll come. Just invite him to church." So she did. He came. He got saved, and total transformation, total change in this guy. And I guess I just didn't really realize it until we were in Pocatello, visiting him and his wife, and we're sitting in the Perkins having breakfast and I'm looking across at the face of the guy I grew up with right that I'm trying to mend things with and everything and he's he's sitting there and and the waitress comes over and he says do you know Jesus and like I had this moment of like total like cognitive dissidence I'm looking at this guy and I'm like who are you this is so weird, and I just could not get my mind around it. So re- really, literally, to to deal with that, I just have separated. Like, that guy is not the guy I grew up with. Like, I can't think of the two in the same context. It's, he's a different guy, a new guy, you know, a new friend or something like that. It's just so bizarre. And, and so I think sometimes we, we just don't get things. We don't get people. And that was certainly the case with the disciples. They did not get Jesus. I mean, they they had a difficulty understanding who he was. I mean, sure, he was the Messiah, but what does that even mean? And that's what we're going to look at today. So if you'll stand with me. Luke chapter 9, starting in verse 18, Luke, by the Holy Spirit, records, And it happened, as he was alone praying, that his disciples joined him. And he asked them, saying, Who do the crowds say that I am? So they answered, and said John the Baptist but some say Elijah and others say that one of the old prophets is risen again and he said to them but who do you say or who who do you say that I am and Peter answered and said the Christ of God and he strictly warned and commanded them to tell this to no one saying the son of man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and scribes and be killed and raised the third day and he said to them all if anyone desires to come after me Let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. For what profit is it to a man if he gains the whole world and is himself destroyed or lost? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes in his own glory and in his father's and the holy angels. But I tell you truly, there are some standing here who shall not taste death until they see the kingdom of God. Father, we thank you for this passage of scripture, Lord. And I pray that you would just open our hearts and our minds to receive what it is that you have for us today, Lord. That you would speak to us, Lord. You speak through me and you speak to our hearts with your word, Lord, and the things that we need to, to hear and the things that we need to consider for our own lives. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. So. Jesus' disciples, as they've been following him, they've been experiencing a lot of new. And, you know, as they're following him, they're seeing him heal the sick and cast out demons and heal lepers, raise the dead even. It's crazy things. And, And they're shocked by this. And then at one point, he even gives them power to do some of those things. But it kind of summed up in what they said in Luke chapter 8, verse 25, when they said, who can this be? for he commands even the wind and the waters and they obey him. And no doubt there was a lot of discussion about who Jesus was. And amongst them and and amongst the people in the region, you know, always you know talking about who this guy could be, you know, and what what does this mean for us and what does this mean for the nation of Israel? And even even Herod remember thought that this was John the Baptist who'd raised from the dead. But it wouldn't be until the day of Pentecost his disciples really understood the implication of who Jesus was, what his death, burial, and resurrection meant. And and up until that point, it seems that they were just kind of confused about the whole thing. Even when Jesus was getting ready to ascend, they said, will you now restore the kingdom to Israel? And And so it was just kind of a confusing thing for these disciples to try to understand. And so Jesus asked them this question. And so it says, verse 18, and it happened as he was alone praying that his disciples joined him and he asked them, who do the crowds say that I am? Now, the other gospels mention that Jesus was near Caesarea Philippi, which is far north of Galilee. It's near the place where Dan settled. If you read the book of Judges, they went north and they kind of settled in this place. It was near the city of Dan they they go there and Jesus is, is leaving Caesarea he's talking to his disciples but it tells us that he he was praying alone praying and and Luke often tells us that that's what Jesus is doing we see this throughout the gospel of Luke in Luke chapter 5 verse 16 it says so he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Luke 6.12 tells us that he prayed all night before he went and picked his disciples, if you remember that, all night long, and then in the morning he picked the twelve to be apostles to send out. And later in chapter 9, it's actually, the Lord willing, next week we'll talk about it, where Jesus went up on the mount with three of his disciples. And he was transformed before them, and there he prayed. And and this would be common, what Jesus would do all the time throughout his ministry. And in chapter 11, the disciples would finally look at Jesus and see the effectiveness of his life and his ministry. And they would ask Jesus, will you teach us to pray? No doubt recognizing out of all the things that Jesus did and all that Jesus was, that it was this one thing that set him apart from everybody else you know i as i i was thinking through this and lately as as we've been going through the gospel of luke actually i i i've kind of had a transformative thought when it comes to jesus and i think and maybe it's just me but perhaps it's you too but i think that we discount jesus's humanity like how human really was jesus You know, because I think that I I always kind of thought, you know, of course, I knew Jesus didn't use his own miracles. The Father and the Holy Spirit empowered him to do the miracles that he did. But I wonder how much actually he allowed himself to know. I wonder how human he really was. I mean, would it really be fair for Peter to say that he was our example that we should follow in his steps if Jesus had a lot of extra And the more I read the gospel, the more I realize how human Jesus really was. Now, that doesn't mean that Jesus wasn't fully God, because he was fully God. We know that from the creeds and from the Word of God. We see that Jesus is fully God. But we also, within the creeds, say that he was fully man. But I don't think we like for Jesus to be fully man. We like for Jesus to be... You know, reading everybody, everybody's mind who's around him, you know, knowing everything that's going to happen, you know, and just kind of having this, you know, omniscient view of the world. But I kind of wonder if that's the case or if he actually set that aside as well. Because as we look at the Bible, you know, it doesn't seem that Jesus really did anything by himself at all. In fact, it becomes very clear as we look at just a few scriptures and there's many who talk about this. But in John chapter five verse nineteen, Jesus answered and said to them, "Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son does also, like in like manner. For the Father loves the Son, shows him all things that he himself does, and he will show him greater works that these that than these that you may marvel." And so Jesus is saying that the father tells him everything he's supposed to do and the father shows him what he's supposed to do. And so Jesus sees these things and then he does them. And the things that he's doing are simply just the things that the father is doing. Now in verse 30, just a few verses down, Jesus says in John 5.30, I I can of myself do nothing as I hear I judge and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will but the will of the Father who sent me. And so not only is it that Jesus just does whatever the Father tells him, but Jesus sets aside his own will and only does the things that the Father leads him to do.
0: Thanks again for listening to Abide in Truth with Pastor Mike Hughes. If you would like a copy of today's sermon in its entirety, call us at 208-365-0991 or send us a text at 208 991